Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains. I'm your brain coach, Jim Quick, and the host of the Quick Brain Podcast. This is where you learn things to upgrade your learning and your life to become even more limitless. And your question for today is, how do you make the placebo effects work for you? How do you make it work for your brain, for your business, your brand, your body, and so much more, even things that do not start with the letter of B? Excited to have this conversation with Eric Vance. He is a science journalist and an editor of the New York Times Well Desk, an author of the book Suggestible You. And I encourage everyone to get their copy. We'll put the link in our show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes. This is the curious science of your brain's ability to deceive, transform, and to heal. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Now, in your book, Eric, you explore uh, the world of placebos, hypnosis, false memories, you know, the neurology to reveal the groundbreaking science of suggestible minds. And uh, I wanted to start by just asking you quickly, you know, what made you interested in things that uh, make you more suggestible than the placebo effects? I mean, briefly, I think it was a lot of it was my childhood. I was raised in Christian science, which is a, a religion that doesn't go to doctors and believes in faith healing. And when I left Christian science, I, I was left with a lot of questions about what I had experienced when I was younger and, and the sense that like these people I'd grown up with weren't crazy, you know, they were doing the best healthcare they, they thought they could. And if you sort of take that assumption, then that leads you down in this world of placebos and how the mind actually does affect your body. And it turns out I wasn't the only Christian scientist in that world. It's it's a quick jump. That's what got me interested was that relationship that I had sort of grown up with and never really understood. And we're talking about the connection between our minds and our body. Our listeners and our viewers who are watching this, you know, they definitely take a special interest. We talk about the power of mindset, but you know, you you in the book talk about this concept of expectation and unbeliefs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how does the way that we choose to see the world affect our, our minds and our and our bodies? Things like resilience, things like false memories, uh, you know, the different shams and scams that you mentioned in the book, kind of this, yeah. it all, it must be fascinating. I mean, it's, it's, and it's such a fascinating, interesting space right now. I mean, mindset, you know, was barely even a word when I started, you know, working on this book and, you know, it's such a big part of the vernacular now. There's just been a lot of growth in this area in terms of the science. I mean, it all comes back to expectation and, you know, the way your body, your brain functions, which is, you know, if if you were to boil it down and I'm sure some of your listeners will take umbrage with this, but, you know, it is fundamentally a a prediction machine or an expectation machine. Your brain spends a lot of its time sort of trying to look at the past to apply it to the present in order to predict the future. And it's, it's sort of constantly doing that from a micro level to, to a macro level of how you see the world. And a lot of the way your, your brain takes a lot of shortcuts, you know, based on the expectations that it has. And in some sense, there's actually many different kinds of placebo effects, but it, you know, the, many of them take advantage of that habit of your brain to, if something doesn't fit its expectation, 
it's easier to change reality than it is to change the expectation and to sort of tweak what it feels. And and that's all you're sort of doing. You know, y- your brain is so wired to build this map of the world based on what it's seen that when things don't perfectly line up, it's hard to change that map. And so placebos are kind of a, they're kind of like almost like a glitch in the matrix where your brain is is willing to fill in the gap in order that the expectation meets meets reality. You know, an example would be taking a placebo pill. You know, how many times you've taken a pill in your life and felt better, and then all of a sudden you take this pill and you don't. Well, if it's often easier for your brain to just make you feel better, so it doesn't have to recategorize what a pill is. And you and you've taken this to a, a deep level. I mean, as a, a science writer, as as a researcher. You've been electrocuted in in a number of labs. <laughs> you were cursed by a, a witch doctor. I mean, the book is not only very insightful, but it's entertaining as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed at you know you, you have these like these powerful insights. You talk to a to a scientist who's studying expectation, and then you go out and you talk to someone who you know to both well-meaning and charlatan uh, uh, healers, you know, out out in in the world, and they already know about this. Like this is something that is is pretty well ingrained in human society and, and, and the way we approach the world. And it's been around for thousands of years, you know, and, and arguably it's been around since before we were even humans. So where better to start reporting a book like this? You know, the laboratories were interesting because you can do these amazing experiments where if, if you set up the expectations right, you can electrocute me and, and make that that pain actually disappear if you convince me that like with say a light, you know, that is turning green and and that that I won't get electrocuted and then you electrocute me, my brain will just tamp that down so I don't feel it. So it's a powerful, powerful thing. But one of the experts and, and leaders in this field, Tor Weger, told me that like the as amazing as these experiments are, they're kind of weak placebos. Like all the placebos we study in the lab are weak, mm-hmm. sterile placebos. You know, the real ones are out in the world that have culture behind them, that have history, that have a lifetime of of experiences and expectations. Those are the ones that are sort of in the wild. It's very hard to even understand how powerful they are because we know that in labs, other people's opinions and other knowing other people are involved heightens the placebo, even if they're not real. But it's very hard to actually measure that when you're in like a large group of people and they're all laying hands on you or they're doing something to boost the placebo effect, it's one scientist told me the placebo effect is not limitless. We just don't know what the limits are. That was actually one of my minor questions about the limits of that. When you think about somebody could take a what they think is they're told is an energy drink, right? And it might not have any of those qualities and all of a sudden they have greater energy or if somebody, a student is, they're using, let's say a, a pen that has an Ivy League school crest on it, they'll, they'll maybe be smarter. And so yeah. so a placebo can make you effectively more energized, faster, smarter, and better. So I'm, I know our listeners are probably thinking about how do I apply you know, the yeah. learnings, the, the, the research that you have around the placebo effects to our everyday life because i'm sure even some people they go to the, they have family members at the doctor and they get a diagnosis or or prognosis right, right. in terms of not even just a, you know what the current health condition is but this is what's going to happen over the next couple of months where yeah. where do you start usually when you have conversations with people around this well tell me more about this energy drink is it a fizzy drink or is it like a flat drink 
Oh, I mean, I was making up a fictitious drink. Yeah. You know, somebody was told like, if it's a fizzy drink, it'll totally work yeah. on me. I will. If you tell, if you give me a fizzy drink and tell me that it, you know, that it'll cure my cold or it will make me sing better, I'll fall for it. And and partly it's because of that. There's, that, I don't know what it is, but it's that cue that kind of tells me. Maybe it goes back yeah. to like the Seven Up that I drank when I, you know, the only time I could drink it when I was a kid was when I had a cold. And part of it's kind of knowing what what your triggers are and and what taps into your expectations. Uh, for me, like there's just certain things that I know make me feel better. I mean, orange juice doesn't really help your a cold or an immune system. I mean, the, the vitamin C, you probably get enough of it from your food. It's not really doing much, but it helps me because I'm so used to thinking of it that way. And it's so in my culture. And I know that, yeah. you know, and I, I'm not going to not drink orange juice when I'm sick. You know, the other thing you can do is you can pay a lot of money for something, which probably is not the right answer that you want to hear. But the more you pay for something, the more likely it will have the effect you want. Expensive placebos are more effective than cheap placebos. Marketing and and packaging has a big effect on the effectiveness and actually changes in very likely changes the way your body responds to it. There was a really interesting study that looked at a chemical called ghrelin that's related to your appetite and how it responded to really fancy or sort of like diet packaged shakes versus sort of indulgent sort of packaged shakes. And both of the shakes actually had the exact same amount of calories but the packaging actually affected the release of ghrelin in the body, which changes your metabolism a little bit. Placebos can make a significant difference. Sex, another way. If you've looked at the at some of the early days of treating erectile dysfunction, some of the early drugs that people looked at, while those drugs outperformed the placebo, the placebo rate was still pretty high. So there's a lot of things you can tell yourself about, about yourself. And, and some of it's about tricking yourself, but some of it's also about living healthy and living well and and making sure that you're in a state where you're ready for hope, you're ready for good expectations, you're ready for good things to happen to you. So Eric, a lot of, a lot of the, our listeners, they, they are definitely interested in productivity and performance. They skew definitely more active physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. And so if they wanted to create that edge, I mean, how do yeah. you use, you know, the, the power, this, all the research you've done in behind the placebo effects Mm -hmm. what, what do you think some of maybe a few suggestions for our listeners to be able to let's say they wanted to get a better night's sleep as an example, or they wanted to have more focus or energy, even if they didn't get a good night's sleep? I mean, there's a couple different things. For me, I'm a big rock climber. Getting into a mind state and thinking about expectations is really, really important for climbing. One of my, the best climbers I knew told me once that you have three enemies in climbing and that was exhaustion, fear, and negativity. And that negativity the best climbers I've ever met have been intensely positive people. And I think they set up that, that an expectation in their life of positive outcomes, of performance, of, of being able to get into that zone where you expect success. And then they're able to step back from that when there's a danger. But pushing aside those thoughts of I can't or those, you know, the, the insecurities, I, it's a big part of our journey in life. And it's a big part of, I think, why, you know, why we're here, not to get too metaphysical, but finding that, thinking about expectations more generally like that, I think is a really healthy thing to do for performance. As for a good night's sleep, I'm not convinced that melatonin is all that effective in terms of it's how well it performs against placebos. However, it is not harmful. And taking melatonin is, it's a ritual. It's a way to sort of, you know, feel like you have control over your sleep. It's not the only one. There are other ones like having a cup of tea before you go to sleep. Finding a, a, a ritual before you go to bed that hopefully doesn't involve a screen or caffeine or alcohol 
is a great way to take steps to, to, to helping your night's sleep. I think setting up that expectation in your mind that this is what I do before sleep and now comes sleep. That's a very powerful thing. Do you have a process for, you mentioned, you know, you want to set an expectation. Can we deconstruct that a little bit? Is there, is there a way you do that? Do you do, do you visualize it? Do you write it down? Is it something you just, you say it to yourself a few times and try to add some certainty or what, how do you, how would one go about setting an expectation that this external thing could lead to some kind of internal change? I mean, I guess it depends on the, on the, the thing that I'm doing. If, if, if it's rock climbing, you know, it's, it my the way I set my expectation is really focusing on the task at hand and really being, you know, very logical and thinking, okay, like this is doable. This is not getting too far ahead of yourself, you know, not stepping out, looking around at a lot of different things. I think that in the same is probably true for sleeping, you know, trying to keep, keeping your vision smaller and, and focused. But then there's also the larger question of what you want to do in this world and, and what this world has to offer you. And for me, I do tend to fall back on sort of those climbing tropes where you focus on where you are and you you think about the moment and you think about the de- you know the decision and then you move forward and you don't you know, try not to second guess myself. Another thing you can do is placebos are more powerful in groups. They just are. They've done some really cool studies where they've, you know, I kind of alluded to this, where they've tell people to, to rate how, how hard a, a strong a, stro- a shock will be. And then, and then they'll just sort of by and by, you know, this is how many people thought it wasn't very strong. And this is how many people thought it was really strong. And not only does that affect what people report, but it actually using measurements on the skin, they can actually detect that that's how it actually affects what the amount of pain people feel. So basically other people's opinions, and these people don't even exist. These are people that scientists made up affect how I experience pain. That's just a sliver of the power that groups have on placebos. And so finding a positive group, finding a group that you feel like gives you strength and <laughs> hopefully isn't a cult because they also take advantage of these things. These are also powerful ways to tap into these effects. And then Eric, and then in terms of a positive placebo, I mean, a placebo for people around you, if you're a parent or a teacher or employer, or, you know, your teammates, and you want to give them a, a suggestion for positive effects, something yeah. that would benefit them and not be detrimental, what would be an example of that? I th- well, words are important. The words you choose are very important. The words you tell yourself are important. So for instance, not you can do this, but this is what you do. This is who you are. This is something you are good at. You already have it in you. And when you do this, you are good at this. And so using words, and I know a lot of experts are, are just starting to scratch the surface of the kinds of words that really tap into placebos, but a lot of them are based around certainty. That sense of, please, I hope this happens, isn't right. It's more, this will happen. This has to happen. Because that's that's what a, that's when you take a placebo pill. That's what we're talking about, right? Like you're not thinking, gee, I I certainly hope this thing works. That's that's not how you create a placebo effect. You take the pill you've taken 500 times and then it does work because you expect it to. So if you're good at this, this is something, you know, and, and the stories, like the stories we tell ourselves around math. I'm no good at math. Oh, math's hard. Oh, God, math. You know, like just, I think we have a very cultural acceptance of people saying they're bad at math. And that doesn't have to be that way. I mean, you got some guy who's memorized every batting average on the, the National League saying he's bad at math. You know, this happens so often and you just need to switch what you're telling yourself and creating an expectation that is in line with your with your values and and, and your aspirations. I think that's really important. And potentially even looking for evidence to be able to, to validate that. 
when I, when I was a child, I had a traumatic brain injury. And I remember I was slowing down a class when I was nine years old and I was being teased pretty harshly. The teacher came to my defense, but all I remember is in front of the whole class, she pointed to me and said, that's the boy with the broken brain. And it, it was interesting because, uh, you know, she, she, I held her as an authority figure and, uh, and those external words became my internal words and expectations and beliefs. Every single time I did badly, I would explain, oh, cause I have the broken brain. And so those words and thoughts definitely have, have, have patterns. As we wrap up, I, I highly recommend everybody look into your research, certainly get a copy of Suggestible You. We'll put a link in the show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes, as we always do. Eric, who did you write the book for and, and why should they potentially consider getting their copy? I think I wrote the book for people who think that they are immune to suggestion and that you know somehow they can't be affected, that they have a clear picture of the world exactly as it is. And that's to some extent all of us, we all think that, but none of us actually have that. We're all completely fallible. We all have a very skewed view of this world. And, and that's not such a bad thing. I mean, that's kind of fundamentally what it means to be human. And it's the way our brain works. But I think that having some humility, having a little skepticism, but also having some enthusiasm and optimism, there's a mix in there that I think we need to have. And so that's why I wrote the book. Amazing. Eric, thank you so much for being on, on the Quick Brain podcast. And Thanks, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Please share this episode if you found it valuable. Always let me encourage you to subscribe on, on YouTube and Spotify, wherever you consume these podcasts. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone in the next episode. Until then, be limitless, everybody. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. 
I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh, share, going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.